right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Speak to the Beak. I am Tim the Ferds out here July 14th, recording a podcast by myself. And if you are a normal listener of the podcast or you watch the video on YouTube, you're probably asking yourself, why are you by yourself? And that would be because we are starting our NFL coverage over here at Beak Brands, which means it's time to start dropping some pods and some written content. I know if you're here normally with myself and Joe or myself and Keith for hockey and baseball, respectively, um, you know, we've been teasing 32 and 32. So what we decided to do this year was we're still going to write 32 and 32. Um, that's going to be started in a week or so, give or take, depending on when you listen to this. Um, and what that is, is we drop one team out of the 32 every single day. We give you a recap of their season last year. We give you some guys they added, some guys they lost, a little draft recap, um, a fantasy player on their team that we like at their current ADP uh, and their expectations for the year. And that also comes with an over-under uh, win-loss. So if you're a betting guy, you should definitely check those out. Uh, but the reason that I'm here is because we know that many of you do not like to read. I may or may not be one of those people <laughs> that do not enjoy reading to that level. So each week from now until the start of the NFL season, so you got about eight weeks until it starts, we're going to release one podcast a week going through one division at a time uh, and kind of giving you a preview of what I think is going to happen in that division. All right, so I know it's exciting. It's that time of year, and since hopefully I have your attention because I know a lot of people are diehard NFL fans, a couple of things I'm going to need you to do. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, like it, share the video, whatever, as long as you subscribe and you watch. All right, if you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen to a podcast, definitely rate and review us if you can or subscribe and follow at the very least definitely check those out if you do that your notifications will be turned on so every time that we release a podcast you'll get that right away okay you can follow at beak brands on instagram twitter and facebook uh, anything that's posted to the website automatically posts to twitter and facebook so if you follow there you get it a little bit faster than everybody else um, and obviously check out the website beakbrands.com the podcast is there as well as our written material. All right, so definitely check that out. If you're new to us here uh, and you're just here for a like, little NFL preview we got, normally we have UFC-type stuff on Tuesdays. That's written by Tom. Uh, we still have our baseball pod that me and Keith do. I write the waiver wire column for that every week. Uh, and shout-out to Fantasy Twitter. They normally represent there, which is awesome. Um, and then... We have various written other things, and the podcast is there, like I said. So if you could do one of those four things for me, that would be great. Um, but let's get it started. All right, so we're here today to talk about the NFC West. Why did I pick the NFC West? You know, I don't really know. When me and Keith did the baseball previews before the MLB season, we started out West. So I said, you know what, let me just keep it consistent. I'll start in the NFC West because I don't want to start with my own team. Um, so NFC West, we'll work our way back to the East Coast. Then we'll probably wrap back around. Okay, so here we go. NFC West. I'm going to start with the first team, Arizona Cardinals. 
So, quick recap of last year. If you listened or watched our videos and podcasts, um, this was Lou's team he planted his flag on. He had a big, big man crush on the Arizona Cardinals. He loved basically everything about him, except he must have forgot the part that, um, you know, their offensive line was kind of weak and their defense was terrible. Uh, they finished 8-8, eight and eight, and Kyler Murray was not the same after his injury. Right? He got knocked around a little bit, and he just was not the same guy. I like what I saw from the Arizona Cardinals. I think a lot of people last year were on the Arizona Cardinals, uh, and they made some additions in free agency. Um, some big names, too. J.J. Watt, Malcolm Butler, A.J. Green, Rodney Hudson. Right, So those are some pretty big names. I know a lot. J.J. Watt is getting and A.J. Green are getting a lot of the attention. The best pickup they had is Rodney Hudson, hands down. He's one of the most underrated centers in the league. When the Chiefs let him go, I was pretty upset about that. When the Raiders were trying, were potentially going to cut him, the Chiefs were interested. I was hyped. They were never going to let that happen, though. Uh, so they traded him to Arizona. Big, big pickup for Kyler Murray, right? Because now. They have kind of fortified the offensive line to protect them because Arizona is one of those teams. They're only going to go as far as Kyler Murray can take them, right? And they need him to be able to run and throw. Last year when he got banged up, the deep ball, not there. And then there was a couple of games where he wasn't running either. So they need to keep Kyler Murray upright. Uh, they also brought in Brian Winters, but Rodney Hudson, huge addition on the offensive line. Love that for the Cardinals. As far as the other three guys go, A.J. Green, he kind of looked shot last year. I'm not going to lie. Um, he was getting a ton of targets in Cincinnati, but he is A.J. Green. In Arizona, he won't have to be the number one because obviously they have DeAndre Hopkins, one of the best receivers in the league. Um, so, I mean, he won't be seeing double coverage anymore. And he actually has a quarterback that can throw him the ball. I mean, he was at his best when he had Andy Dalton. I mean, Kyler Murray is obviously better than Andy Dalton. Last year with Joe Burrow, he was serviceable for fantasy purposes. Um, but for real life, though, real life football, uh, I think A.J. Green, as long as he can stay healthy, which obviously has been a problem for him, <laughs> he should be a good pickup there for the Cardinals. Um, should be. On the defensive side, J.J. Watt, Malcolm Butler. J.J. Watt can still play, people. That's why he got paid. Uh, the Texans just let him kind of go wherever he wanted. J.J. Watt ended up picking the Cardinals. Signed a pretty decent-sized contract with them. Uh, they needed him, right? Because you play in a division with now Matt Stafford, potentially Trey Lance, and Russell Wilson. So you need to get after the passer. But the best part about J.J. Watt is he's really good against the run, too. The Rams run the ball a ton. Obviously, you know, the 49ers run the ball a ton. And in Seattle, you currently have a little Pete Carroll versus Russell Wilson type thing with, you know, the let Russ cook people versus the Pete Carroll wants to pretend it's 1972 and run the ball 50 times a game thing. So you need a J.J. Watt. Uh, and Malcolm Butler, I know a lot of people are bummed that the Cardinals lost Patrick Peterson. He was not good last year, and he's been slowly declining. I mean, obviously in his prime, he was elite. Last year, he had his worst coverage grade since he was a rookie. Uh, so I think at this point in their careers, Malcolm Butler might actually be an upgrade over Patrick Peterson. Um, definitely does not have the name brand value outside of that one play in the Super Bowl, but I think that might be a good swap for them. Not totally sure, but I'm just going to go with he should be fine. Uh, in terms of other players, they lost Hassan Reddick. Uh, I believe he went to Carolina. Uh, I got to double check that. Sorry, my brain's not totally in football mode, but he's gone. 
uh, and they lost Kenny and Drake. Doesn't matter that they lost Kenny and Drake. Cliff Kingsbury is allergic to running the ball. Um, he just runs it to keep the defense honest. They uh, they brought in James Conner, and they had Chase Edmonds there already. They'll probably both get like 12 touches a game. So Kenny and Drake, good player, but for them, they didn't really need him. So I'm all, I'm all for letting your running back walk in free agency. Um, my storyline for the Cardinals this year is pretty easy. It's going to be, is Cliff Kingsbury and the coaching staff actually competent? At this point, they have plenty of talent on their team, right? I mean, look at their offense alone. Like I just said, you got Connor and Edmonds in the backfield. You got Kyler Murray. You got A.J. Green. You got DeAndre Hopkins. You got Christian Kirk, right? Larry Fitzgerald still might come back. You never know. On the other side of the ball, you got J.J. Watt. You got Buda Baker, who's like one of the most underrated safeties in the NFL, right? I mean, if Isaiah Simmons figures it out on defense slash they figure out how to use him because Vance Joseph is a moron, you know, he might take a step. So they have plenty of players. The problem is, is that they play probably in the best division in football. Um, and I just don't know if Cliff Kingsbury, when compared to Sean McVay, Pete Carroll, and Kyle Shanahan, can hold his own against those guys. Because you've seen games where he's, you know, calling plays and you're like, dude, what are you doing? Or at least that's what I think to myself. I don't know. Uh, unfortunately, I haven't reached out anyone in Arizona. We haven't gotten that far west yet. Obviously, we're a New York company over here. So listen, if you're listening on the West Coast or the Midwest over there, hit me up with your thoughts about Cliff Kingsbury. I kind of think that he's kind of hit or miss. Uh, and I think this will be a make-or-break year for him as well as the general manager, Steve Kime, uh, because you don't get to go through like two or three coaches normally as a GM. He's already... They already took Rosen. Now they're on to Murray. So you've gone through multiple coaches and multiple quarterbacks. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if Cliff is going to be able to hold up there. Um, but let's look at some more things for this season uh, with the Arizona Cardinals that I am looking forward to. So my game, because you know, last year myself and Lou both picked games that we looked for. The game that I'm most looking forward to, I think, on their schedule is actually the Carolina Panthers. Um, and I can double-check when they play them. They play Carolina Week 10. The reason I really like that game is because, one, they're at home. All right, so it's a winnable game. If I'm a Cardinals fan, I'm thinking that's a de totally winnable game. Um, and look, if you're new to the Beak Brands thing here, I'll fill you in. Unless it's the team that I root for playing defense, I don't want anyone to play defense. Give me all of the points all the time. Carolina, defense, terrible. Cardinals defense, not great. Which means, hopefully, if Sam Darnold is, decides to not be trash, we can have a nice high-scoring game. And as an outside fan that doesn't have a rooting interest for either of those teams, that's a game I like to see right there. All right, so Carolina going to Arizona. I'm a big fan of that game. Uh, and obviously, you're going to notice a trend with most of my picks. I don't normally pick divisional games um, because, one, I hate divisional games on primetime. I think that should be borderline, like, not allowed. Um, like, if you want to put, like, Raven Steelers on, like, that's fine. But, like, the constant, like, oh, let's watch Derrick Henry run for 9,000 yards against the Jaguars on Thursday Night Football, like, I just can't do it. Um so 
I'm going to try to avoid divisional games because you get to see them twice a year. I like to pick teams you don't normally get to play. So my team for them is the Carolina Panthers. Uh, a fantasy player moving on here that I like for Arizona at his current ADP. Uh, to be honest, you kind of have to pay up for most of their guys, except for James Conner and Chase Edmonds. And, like, I don't love either one of them. Conner can't stay healthy, and Edmonds is not really a guy that they give a lot of work to, especially if you watch games in the past, you know that. Uh, so I'm going to go deep on this one. If you play in a standard, like, 10-team league, you will not be drafting this guy. But if you're in a 14 or a 16-man league, I'm in one of those. Uh, it gets pretty hectic. I'm going to go with Rondale Moore. And if you're a casual fan, you're probably saying, who is that? Insert Snoop Dogg chiff here. Um, rookie Rondale Moore. Arizona just selected him in the second round, 49th pick overall. Um, I am not a scout, obviously, so I just go by kind of what the scouts say. Basically, he's a great slot type receiver and that fits perfectly with the cardinals because they've invested a ton of draft capital into receivers in general since cliff got there you know andy isabella christian kirk they, like i said they signed aj green um now they have rondale moore i really like him because the cardinals play four wide receiver sets basically the whole game uh so with aj green and hopkins on the outside in theory you should have kirk and Moore inside or like vice versa but more more most likely going to be inside um, he's going as wide receiver 68. Okay, so that's 196 overall. That's basically free or in other leagues undrafted uh, if you're in a shallow league. So he's someone you don't even need to draft or if you want to just throw him on your bench like last guy, he has a ton of upside. And if he doesn't work out right away, you just cut him and move on. So that's why I really like him. You don't need, If he doesn't play a ton of snaps week one, you just dump him. Uh, so he's my guy for them fantasy-wise. Um and I'm going to save my expectations for these teams until the end. Because uh, that's how I get you to stick around. All right, so let's move on to the second team here. I'm not going in any particular order. Uh, Seattle Seahawks. All right, so last year was a brief recap. We let Russ cook. That's what we did. And it worked for a while, but then he kind of fell off. So for me, that means it didn't work. Uh, they fell short in the playoffs after losing to a quarterback that no one's ever heard of. Um, they finished 12-4. and four. Like I said, they were a really good team last year. They, they were in first place in their division. Uh, but look, they're just a team with gaping holes. So what does that mean? They added some guys to potentially fill some of those holes. They got Gabe Jackson to protect Russell Wilson. Huge pickup because Wilson was pissed that their O-line is constantly terrible. They picked up Akilah Witherspoon to go in the secondary. They needed him because they did lose Shaq Griffin. They picked up Pierre Desir who has, you know, some good seasons under his belt. He's kind of all over the place, but Pete Carroll's defenses are normally good, uh, so I feel like that could be a good pickup for them. And they got Gerald Everett from the Rams to come over to Seattle. Why do I think that's a pretty decent pickup? Um, Wilson has actually hit his tight ends, like, here and there in big spots, but they've never really had anyone who's been, like, a dominant player. Um, not saying that Gerald Everett is a dominant player, uh, but he's definitely an upgrade over what they've had, so I think he's a good addition to that offense to kind of control the middle of the field to let uh, DK and Lockett, you know, do their thing on the outside. Um, like I said, I already told you they lost Shaq Griffin, and Jaron Reed went to KC, go Chiefs. Uh, big loss for them, though, up the middle. So my storyline for them is who's going to win the Russell Wilson versus Pete Carroll thing? All right, that was a thing for a while. They might have smoothed it over, but this has been like two or three off seasons in a row where, you know, you've heard some rumblings out of Seattle. 
Now, obviously, I'm not super connected because, like I said, we're in New York over here. So, I mean, I don't know if you could be further away, major city-wise, in, in the United States from Seattle to here. Um, so, I don't really know, like, what's happening there, like, super, super in-depth. Like, if you, if you follow a Seattle beat reporter or something, you might know more. Uh, but normally, you know when they say there's smoke, there's fire type of thing? A lot of smoke coming out of Seattle the past couple of years. Um, they revamped the coaching staff there, or the offensive coaching staff, I should say. I think Pete Carroll's going to win this thing. Like, we're not going to do the let Russ cook anymore, well, as much as they did last year. Because Carroll was upset with some of the decisions that Wilson was making mid-game. Um, so with that being said, let's bring it to a little fantasy action here. I'm gonna Instead of a guy I like at his current ADP, I'll give you a guy that I'm not drafting. Tyler Lockett. I don't draft him ever. I'm definitely not drafting him this year. He normally goes just a couple of picks before I'm willing to take him. He's a mess. All right, this guy's a disaster. He basically goes off three or four times a year. This is what he did last year. But you never know when it's going to happen. And there are plenty of stats out there to tell you that basically more than half of his production from last season came in three games. All right, so what does that mean? I don't want him. I'm out. No, thank you. Let's see if we could pull up real quick, because I have it. Where is Tyler Lockett currently? He's going high. All right. Uh, wide receiver 21, number 57 overall. He's going ahead of Cooper Cup. I'd rather have Cooper Cup. He's going ahead of Kenny Galladay. Uh, I don't really trust Daniel Jones, but, I mean, guaranteed volume Galladay. I'll take him. Deontay Johnson, who can't catch. I'd rather have Deontay Johnson. At least he's going to get a ton of targets. I'd rather have Brandon Ayuk. I'd rather have T. Higgins. I'd rather have Jamar Chase. Those are all guys going right after him. Um, so look, I'm out on Tyler Lockett this year. I think they run the ball a lot more. He's super efficient. I get it. But I think DK is going to dominate the targets. I'm out on Tyler Lockett. Um, but just a general overview of the Seahawks, because I've kind of portrayed them in like a negative view so far in the past like six or seven minutes here. Listen, they have Russell Wilson. They're going to win double-digit games because that's what Russell Wilson does. They've had worse defenses. They make the playoffs. They've had worse O-lines. They make the playoffs. They've had their entire running back core be injured. They can still move the ball. All right? So, like, they're going to make the playoffs. I'll tell you that right now. I know I said I'm going to save my expectations for them, and I'm going to give everybody a little uh, record prediction. But, look, they are 100% making the playoffs unless something happens to Russell Wilson. That's basically the only way they don't make it. So I just wanted to throw that out there. If you're a Seattle fan, you're like, wow, this guy's throwing some shade out here at Seattle Seahawks. Not totally true. I mean, I don't love, love them. Uh, but I think, obviously, with Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll there, you can never really go wrong. All right, so let's move on to our next team here. San Francisco 49ers. I can sum up last year pretty easily. They basically lost their whole team due to injury, right? Bosa, ACL. Salmon Thomas, ACL. Garoppolo, high ankle sprain. Richard Sherman got hurt. Every running back on their roster, injured. All right, they finished 6-10. Just throw it out. Scrap it. Don't look at it like they're a terrible team. I don't view it as if they're a terrible team. Sometimes that happens, where teams just get decimated right off the bat. It was not good. Uh, so let's look at some guys that they added with those guys coming back. So Alex Mack to play center. Big pickup right there. They also re-signed Trent Williams. So offensive line, still intact. 
All right, they picked up Arden Key from the Raiders. I'm a big AFC West guy. Arden Key has been solid for the Raiders, and obviously um, with all these other like studs around him in San Francisco, he should be a good player for them. Uh, they picked up Wayne Goleman. Shout out right there, New York Giants. Uh, the reason I bring him up is because he, he will probably be a pest <laughs> for fantasy football purposes because that's what the 49ers do. Uh, they're starting running back changes basically weekly. Uh, so just he might be a guy to keep on your radar. Um, they picked up Mohamed Sanu, who had uh, a lot of success with Kyle Shanahan in Atlanta. Uh, so I think he's not a dominant piece, but he's a nice depth pickup. A little third or fourth wide receiving option there. Uh, so big on just that addition for a real like NFL purpose uh, signing. Guys they lost. Solomon Thomas went to the Raiders, so it's kind of like they swapped guys there. Uh, Tevin Coleman, who stinks, and Akilah Witherspoon went to Seattle. We already talked about him. Um, so what are my views on San Francisco in general, like storyline-wise? Two things. One, can they recover from their injuries and not have a repeat season of they did last year? For whatever reason, I feel like the San Francisco 49ers get like really banged up for whatever reason. Uh, same thing with the Chargers, too. Like There must be something in the water over there. But... If they get those guys back, like, fully recovered from their injuries, they're going to be a force, for sure. Uh, and obviously, the one, the other storyline here is Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo. How long are we going to let Jimmy Garoppolo start a quarterback? I don't know. Look at their schedule here. So let's pull it up. Uh, they start off at Detroit, at Philadelphia. Should win both of those games with Garoppolo under center. Then they play Green Bay, who they've had a lot of success with, uh, you know, in recent years. They play Seattle. They play Arizona. They have an early bye week six. That might be the time Trey Lance comes in, uh, but I think it could be potentially if they lose to Indianapolis and Chicago back-to-back. -back, uh, it might be Trey Lance time because the schedule softens significantly after that. They get to play Arizona's terrible defense. They play the Rams, which is not good. But then they play Jacksonville, they play Cincinnati, they play Atlanta, they play Tennessee, who can't stop anybody, they play Houston. All right, so the back end of their schedule is definitely a lot softer. I think Trey Lance was one of those guys that needs some time to develop. I mean, a lot of rookies you say that about, but like he didn't have basically any playing experience compared to guys that have been coming out. Uh, obviously, he did not play the same level of competition that other guys have been playing. Uh, I really like Trey Lance. I know uh, my brother's a big Washington football team fan. That still sounds so ridiculous to say. It's just side note. I can't wait till they have an actual team name. Um, he was a big Trey Lance guy. He really wanted, I mean, he, before last season, he thought Washington was going to be like mediocre and they had a chance at him. Uh, they were, well, they, they were mediocre. He was right, but they won the division. So they did not have a chance at him. Uh, so I think Trey Lance could potentially like unlock Kyle Shanahan because when you really think about it all the quarterbacks he's had success with are kind of like I don't want to say game managers but like they're not elite level quarterbacks like he made Matt Schaub look really good he made Matt Ryan who I don't think is good look really good he was the OC when you know Brian Hoyer was balling for the Cleveland Browns obviously he got Jimmy Garoppolo to a Super Bowl I mean the guy's been to Super Bowl twice hasn't won either one of them and he's had quarterbacks that are Jimmy Garoppolo's mediocre Matt Ryan is, I guess, a little bit above mediocre, but not great. Um, so if Trey Lance 
is just like the mobile version of Matt Ryan, like, my God, the 49ers are going to be super scary. Um, so let's look at a game that I like on their schedule here. Week 10 against the Rams. Now, I just said that I'm not going to pick a game that's a divisional game, but I think that game is going to be like this epic clash, right? You have the two best teams in the division, in my opinion, playing each other. Trey Lance might be in at that time. Obviously, this is Matt Stafford's first year quarterback for the Rams, and it's going to be Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan trying to flex on one another the entire time. Because the 49ers have owned the Rams since Shanahan got there, have owned them. And that's mainly because Jared Goff stinks. Matt Stafford, easy top 10 quarterback in the league, probably top 8. We'll say top 10 because some of you are haters, right? That's a huge upgrade. Jared Goff's like number 20-something probably if you just listed all the quarterbacks out. Massive upgrade. I think that's going to be an epic, epic game. I cannot wait for that. I know I just said I really like offense. You're going to see a ton of offense in that game. But you're just going to see a really good football game. Week 10, 49ers, Rams. Very excited for that. Um, let's keep going here. A fantasy player that I like for them at his current ADP, uh, Brandon Ayuk. So I'll just be straight up with you. He's not a great value. He's currently going as wide receiver 25. Um, he'll give you a slight return on investment there. But the reason I like him is because he is the clear number two receiving option for the 49ers and unlike George Kittle and Debo Samuel he can actually stay healthy scored a ton of touchdowns last year uh Debo's not even a receiver I saw a stat on Twitter that his like a dot which is average depth of target was like 1.7 yards off the line of scrimmage like the guy basically runs slants screens and end the round that's it so he's not even like a receiver he's like a glorified running back uh, obviously everyone knows about Kittle but behind Kittle Ayuk should be able to do whatever he wants. And like I just said, if Trey Lance takes over, this offense might explode. Like, and as a team, like, I'm a Chiefs fan, if you didn't know, like, since birth, not a bandwagoner, since birth. Um, I went through all the terrible years between Trent Green and Alex Smith, like, all that dead space that we try to forget about. It was not a good time. Um, as a Chiefs fan, I would not want to play the 49ers in the Super Bowl if Trey Lance is, like, super good because now you have a top five defense you'd have some form of like a top 12-ish quarterback depending on how good he is top five run game really good offensive line super stout up front on defense nah nah we don't want that i'm sure there's a lot of people for afc fans that are like yeah if my team were to make it to the super bowl that's not really a team that i would look forward to playing um so just throwing that out there uh, and finally the last team L.A. Rams. Listen, their recap from last year, Sean McVay gave Jared Goff the boot. It's about time. Uh, you know, I just recently listened to a podcast, Peter Schrager's podcast, smart guy, uh, with Sean McVay. He had Kyle Shanahan on, and they kind of talked to, like, how they have grown together as coaches because they were on the same coaching tree in Washington. And, um, yeah, they wish they could talk more about football because they're good friends, but like they, they play in the same division, so it's really interesting. So if you didn't listen to that, and you, when you're done listening to me, you should go listen to that because it's really good. Um, but you can, like, they avoided the Jared Goff thing because I think Sean McVay, like, actually can't stand him. You know, there were rumors coming out that he wasn't, like, this hardworking guy and 
you know, McVay kept trying to put more on his plate, and then he just, like, he just sucked. He's just terrible. Um, and if you watch the games, like, and you listen to the broadcast, you've heard guys like Troy Aikman and other guys who work for mainly Fox say, like, yeah, Sean McVay stays in Jared Goff's ear until whatever, there's 15 seconds on the play clock, basically telling him what to do. That's not a good look, all right? Um, and to be honest with you, they probably would have went to the Super Bowl if they just had an average quarterback last year. It's like, oh, you can beat Tampa? Like, they embarrassed Tampa on national television with Jared Goff, a quarterback. They finished 10-6. and six. Um, I can't say enough bad things about Jared Goff. I'm sure he's a nice guy. He's just a terrible NFL quarterback. It is, it is what it is. Um, so let's talk about guys they added. Now, they did add Deshaun Jackson. He'll probably play approximately five drives until he's on season-ending IR. So, not really concerned about that. Um, Matt Stafford. It's the only move. I'm sure they add, like they did add other guys. It's the only move I care about. Like I said before, for the 49ers, if you're jumping from, um, excuse me, not Trey Lance, from Jared Goff to Matt Stafford, I don't know, short of like, you know, like the Lions getting Aaron Rodgers or something ridiculous, you know what I mean? That would never happen. But short of one of those scenarios happening, I'm not sure there's a bigger upgrade you could possibly get at quarterback going from a Jared Goff to Matt Stafford. Like, that is huge. I think he's going to take the Rams offense to a totally different level. It's easily the best head coach he's ever had. Easily the best offensive coordinator he's ever had. Easily the best group of running backs he's ever had. I mean, he's only had, like... Who who I mean, who do you have in Detroit? Reggie Bush, like miscellaneously for like one or two years. Joyke Bell, Javid Best, who like had to stop playing because of his neck, and nobody. Easily the best group of running backs. Easily the best group of receivers. Now, yes, he did have Calvin Johnson, um, but outside of Calvin, he basically had nothing. I mean, yes, he had Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay, but they're not like game changers. Now he's got Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. They still have Van Jefferson. They'll have Deshaun Jackson for about five drives. He's got Tyler Higbee still. It's the best offensive line he's ever had. Stafford is consistently one of the most hit quarterbacks in the league. Um, Detroit was just so incompetent. I'm so happy that he got out of there. He's like one of my favorite players ever. Uh, shout out Joe Kennedy, one of my buddies. One of his favorite players ever. Like He is the man. Um, and I'm glad the Rams picked him up. Guys, they lost. Uh, Michael Brockers and John Johnson. Brockers basically flamed Jared Goff, and then they traded him to Detroit. So that's awkward. Um, and then John Johnson, two things. One, really underrated safety, good pickup for Cleveland. And two, if your last name is Johnson, <laughs> why would you name your kid John? Because now it's like John Johnson. <laughs> I don't know. That's just silly to me. I would never do that. Uh, and obviously they lost their defensive coordinator, Brandon Staley, who's now coaching the Chargers um, in the same building, no less. And I think that's a big storyline that people are forgetting about because uh, the Rams' defense was, like, not great under Wade Phillips. They basically just said, like, this is the defense we're going to play and we're going to stick with it. Staley came in, and, like, a lot of NFL people were saying, this guy is, like, the quote-unquote Sean McVay of defense. Like, super creative really good with his game plans. He's versatile. He's not going to just gonna play one defense. And you saw that last year. The Rams' defense was incredible. Uh, so I think losing him is actually a really big deal for the Rams. Um, their storyline for this season, 
is Matt Stafford enough to vault them, not just as, as a Super Bowl appearance, but to win the Super Bowl? Because, look, the Rams make the playoffs every year, I mean, basically, since Sean McVay got there. They've always had a good team. They trade all these first-round picks so that they could have, you know, top-of-the-line players, whether it's not trading for Stafford or trading for Ramsey, right? They've given away a ton of first-round picks, a ton. So there's no immediate help coming for them. Now, they are pretty good at drafting. But, look, I mean, they would have beaten the Patriots in the Super Bowl if Jared Goff wasn't horrendously bad. That's just basically what it is. Like, they just needed Jared Goff not to be, like, a deer in headlights, and they would have beaten the Patriots. So is Stafford enough to, one, take them to the Super Bowl, and two, win it? I like to think that that's super possible for him. Because, I mean, now that he's out of Detroit, you've seen guys like Aaron Rodgers on Pat McAfee's show be like, Matt Stafford's one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the league. NFL executives coming out anonymously, of course. Um, but or even some of them unanonymously, unanonymously <laughs> have been saying, Stafford has basically they just wasted his career in Detroit. He's been elite since the day he walked into the league. So I don't know. That's my storyline. Are the Rams going to win the Super Bowl? Um, my game of the year for them, Week 12 at Green Bay. So I picked a different game than the 49ers because I didn't want them to match one and two. I think Stafford wants this game bad. I'll, I'll tell you why. How many times have you watched Detroit play Green Bay Stafford puts the team on his back and they get killed because the Packers are just so much better. I'm sure as like a pro athlete, because Stafford knows, I mean, he's not as good as Aaron Rodgers, obviously, but like he's not, the gap between them isn't like gigantic, in my opinion. Um, it's got to like dig at you inside knowing like if we swap teams, me and this guy, I would dominate him. And I think now that Stafford has a team that can compete with Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers, assuming Aaron Rodgers is there, of course, um, I think he wants that one. And I think Aaron Rodgers knows, after all, like the love he's been giving him publicly, that, you know, this guy, this dude can play, and we're about to have an epic battle now that he has a, a real team, like, you know, beneath him or beside him, whatever you want to say. Um that's going to be a huge game. I can't wait for that. Mostly because I'm a big Matt Stafford fan, if you can't tell. Um, the fantasy player I really like for the LA Rams. You know, there's not a ton of guys. I like Daryl Henderson, but like, do I trust the Rams' backfield? Not really. Um, if you want Cooper Cup or Robert Woods, you got to pay up for him. Cam Akers is going inside like the top 15. Like, I don't know. Fifth, top 15 overall. Um, that's a hard pass for me. So I'm going to go with Tyler Higby. He's currently going as tight end 16. Uh, and the reason I'm going with him is for two reasons. One, there are no good tight ends. If you don't get Kittle, Kelsey, or Wall, you're screwed no matter what. Um, and then Stafford has always made, like, I don't want to say underwhelming, but, like, not great tight ends have solid games for fantasy purposes. Like, remember Brandon Pettigrew, like, weird Eric Ebron. Obviously, he hit Hawkinson a bunch last year. Uh, he looks for the tight end a lot in the red zone. Obviously, Gerald Everett is gone. Like I just said, he plays for Seattle. So Higby is going to be there to control the middle of the field. Now, they kind of have three guys that do that with Cup and Woods and him. Um, so he's not going to get all the targets. But I'd like to think, I mean, tight end 16. So unless you play in a 16-team league, 
This guy could potentially be your second tight end. He offers some upside. I don't know. I just kind of like him. I kind of like that four or five game stretch from two years ago when Everett was hurt and Higby just went nuts. So that's just always been in the back of my mind. Um, so let's go over some expectations for these teams. All right, We're going to go back because uh, obviously I went in the order that I thought they were going to finish in. I currently have the Arizona Cardinals winning seven or eight games. Um, and what I do is I copy like an Excel sheet off the internet with all, the whole schedule. And I pick every single game for every single team. So I can't just be like, oh, yeah, they have eight wins, they have nine, they have ten, like just randomly guessing. Like I pick every game ahead of time. Um, I can't, I don't know if they're going to win more than eight. Basically what that means is the GM's going to get fired and so is Cliff Kingsbury. That's basically what I'm getting at. They're going to miss the playoffs. Uh, I currently have Seattle with 11 wins. I currently have them matched up with another NFC team. Obviously, that sounded stupid. Um, a, a different, a, an NFC team outside of this division <laughs> in the first round. Um, I'm going to save that for when I get to that division. Listen, I think 11, and now 11 wins is third place. Sounds ridiculous. Uh, I have them losing the tiebreaker to San Francisco. I have San Francisco also at 11 wins. I think there's three teams in this division that make the playoffs. That's how good this division is. Um, I thought that was going to be the case last year, and it probably would have happened if San Francisco didn't lose half their team to injury. So I currently have the Cardinals in last with seven or eight on a coin flip game. Seahawks, 11 wins, uh, 11 and six, which just sounds super weird. Uh, 49ers, 11 wins. I have the Rams going 14 and three. I think the Rams are the best team in the NFC. I think the Rams are probably going to be a representative for the Super Bowl. I know losing Staley is a big deal for them, but this is going to be Sean McVay's first time as a head coach with a real quarterback. Like, this guy won a playoff game. Who's it, like John Wolford last year? Who the hell is that? He's won a playoff game with Jared Goff, who can routinely misses like seven-yard throws down the field. I think Stafford and McVay are just going to be a force to be reckoned with. They might get up to a slow start, but I think after that, it's going to be foot down on everybody. Uh, so that's currently how I, have, how I have it lined up. Rams number one, 49ers and Seahawks same record. Uh, I have the 49ers with the tie break. Seahawks number three, Cardinals in last place in this division. With a respectable record, though. So no one completely terrible in this division. Um, so look, that's what I got for the NFC West. Like I said before, if you liked the episode, subscribe on YouTube, rate and review on Apple. Follow on Apple, subscribe on Apple and Spotify, do all that for me. Follow at Beak Brands on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, right? That's how you're going to get notifications about stuff we post to the website. And obviously, check out the website at BeakBrands.com. <laughs> like I said, written content's going to be there. Podcast is going to be there. If you liked what you heard today... And you want to see the 32 and 32, they're a little bit more in-depth. I kind of flew through each team, 10 minutes, give or take, maybe a little bit less. Uh, each 32 and 32 will be a little bit more in-depth. So if you're looking for a review on a team or some other extra nuggets, definitely check out the website there. Um, next week, we're going to be going to either the NFC North or the NFC South. I haven't decided yet. Um, that's kind of what I got. Or maybe we could do the AFC. We could flip-flop. I don't know. You tell me. If you listen this far and you hit up the Beak Brands account, I'll see your feedback. So definitely let me know where you can comment on the video. Um, I help post videos to the channel, so I get updates about that. So, you know, if you have a request, hit me up there. 
Um, so definitely check, look for us next week. Uh, new pod dropping, new video dropping. Get excited for the football season. I know I'm excited. I mean, obviously, the Chiefs fan, I have a lot to be excited about. But listen, everyone's 0-0, which means we all got a chance, and it's only July. So we got plenty of time uh, to discuss a variety of topics. So next week, a new divisional preview. Until then, I'm out of here.